welcome to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. And um, tonight is a fun night because we have a special guest with us. Um, not only with me, as always, is Dave and Fredo. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Um, we have, uh, you are the founder of the Star Wars Underworld podcast, right? Uh, we have Mr. Ben Hart joining us tonight. Hey, Ben. How's it going, guys? It's an absolute pleasure to be on with you guys, talk some Star Wars and whatever else comes to mind. Because um, I know you guys want, want some information from me, and maybe I want some information information from you too. So uh, we'll just see how this goes. But yeah, I'm excited to be here. I feel like I have to call my lawyer now to uh, <laughs> see if I can answer things. You have the right to remain silent. Um, in- but uh, no, so yeah, this is this is fun. I mean, you know, I we we're talking off off uh, before we start hitting record. But uh, uh, I've I've been a fan of the Star Wars Underworld podcast for a while, and I I actually think maybe I hipped uh, Dave and Fredo to this podcast to you guys. Was that mm-hmm. my yes. doing? Yeah. So it, it's That's part amazing. of it's part of our listening uh, pleasure. So yeah, so no, this is fun. Like I said, it's kind of nerding out here a little bit. Um, That's awesome. You know, our, uh, our whole thing here is we, we talk a lot of star Wars, probably 99% star Wars, but uh, um, we, Dave and I, when we kind of started putting our brains together on this, we wanted it to be anything kind of nerdy because Disney plus was just coming out. So it was kind right. of seemed like a good Avenue. So that's, I guess, what I want to talk about just real quick with everybody. WandaVision. The, 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 the latest episode, what what we think. And I don't know if we need to bring everybody up to speed on what the last episode was, but basically it was Wanda's therapy session with, uh, with, with Agatha. Yeah? I was just going to say, very good character development kind of episode, you know, about her and where she comes from and, and where Agatha came from as well. Um, and so that's my favorite stuff, like by far the actiony things, the tense moments, uh, those things, those things are great too, but it's the character stuff that, that always does it for me. So I loved it. Yeah, no, I, I found it to be, I mean, it, it's so, it was interesting because it's stuff that's kind of been hinted at and mentioned and you kind of, you know, as you start thinking of the story, you start putting it together. Okay. This is kind of what happened. This kind of went on, but it's really good to see. It was really interesting, kind of uh, journey. Because outside of the movies, we really haven't seen Wanda's character and kind of how she put together living a different life. You know, when we first met her, she's an Eastern European uh, involved in a what some people call a terror group, and now she's a superhero living in America, and uh, you know, she's lost everybody she's loved, and so. Kind of getting her to process through all that was, a, was the meat of the episode. It was really well done. Ben, have you been digging mm. WandaVision? Oh, yeah. I stay up to an ungodly time of hour at night and watch them on Thursday nights. because I, I want to avoid spoilers, and I'm just enthralled with this show, man. It is so good. And I don't know, like, I, I was talking the other day on, on one podcast, and, and like, I, I was... I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting to be this enthralled by this show. Like I've been looking forward to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like that's my jam. I love Captain America, all those guys. Like that's the thing. But like this show is like now I'm worried that the rest of the shows aren't going to be nearly as good as this one because this is so great. I don't know how they could top it. Um, but this this last episode was – I think we kind of all saw it coming in regards to like, yeah, they're going to have an exposition episode to show everything like, but not this in-depth and going into her character and never really realized like – there's few characters of any characters in the 
the MCU that have had as much of a tragic backstory as hers, you know, so much loss and really puts your, puts you in her headspace. And uh, also Catherine Hahn as Agatha is just so amazing. She just continues to just light up that show so much, but uh, yeah, I've loved it so far. Yeah. She's, I, she's turned herself into a meme at this point. Like she's so great in that role. Like now she's a meme that, that winking, still of her now is everywhere and i love it yeah you know so i was i was not sure seeing the seeing the lead up all the ads for wandavision i didn't know if i if it was going to be let's say that it is not what i expected it to be and i remember after the second episode i my wife and i looked at each other and said this better you know kick into gear and boy did it kick into gear yeah this yeah. and actually i'm kind of like how are they going to wrap this up in one more episode but um and uh, yeah, and so, you know, so I, we threw this around our um, our private little uh, conversation here. So anybody, if you're afraid of spoilers, turn it off right now and then come back later. <laughs> um, but um, you know, where Elizabeth Olsen talked about the um, Luke Skywalker like cameo that is coming, and yeah. some, somebody said they would they're calling they said they're calling it right now. They'd bet dollars to donuts that it's Dick Van Dyke. Oh my gosh! I didn't even think of that. No, I. That's, that's what, that's I, what love I said that, in though. our group. I was like, "Yeah, that's like, I, that's outside of the box." And it's Paul Bettany said it wanted to be with somebody. He he was always wanted to work with this actor, so you knew it had to be somebody kind of. But we were always kind of thinking somebody from you know the Marvel what, universe somehow. But uh, it would kind of make sense with the whole. Deal. What if it's what if it's Dick Van Dyke showing up with his lawyers like, hey, Wanda, this is copyright infringement. You copied our show. <laughs> so now I, I, I don't know, guys, what do you what, what do you think that is plausible or do you think it is uh, just uh, too goofy to be true? It's in keeping with the spirit of the show, which is important, but also, I mean, in any kind of way, it's making homage uh, to the influences of this show. But I think they've shown rather well that Wanda's powers give the opportunity to rewrite whatever they want to do, whichever way they want to do it. So it could very well be Dick Van Dyke pulled out of his TV show in modern America. Of course, so I guess say. I should check. Uh, Dick Van Dyke's still living, right? Very yeah, he's okay. he's still around. Okay, still here's a, here, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another wrench in your gears here. What if it's actually Mephisto, and he's the big bad, but he's played by Dick Van Dyke? <laughs> See, exactly. I, I, you know, it could be. Yeah. If you've ever if you've ever seen the movie Night at the Museum, mm -hmm. you know Dick Van Dyke can play a bad guy. I'm just gonna say that. If you haven't seen that, I don't want to spoilers, but that's that's an interesting role for him. I forgot that Dick Van Dyke was the bad guy in that movie. That's right. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, so far we've talked about Marvel and we've talked about Night at the Museum. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, no, I just thought that was very, because I was thinking, I mean, I'd heard rumors of maybe, you know, Serene McCallan. That would be kind of an Possible. easy, that'd be an easy fit. The Dick Van Dyke one would be, that'd be pretty cool. Um mm -hmm. But oh, I guess we will find out. And see, I can't stay up that late on Thursday night, Ben. So it's um, you know, for for the <laughs> well, three Friday of us, morning. for the three morning. of us, it's, I you shouldn't know, stay up that late. But you know, it's I no, it's yeah. no Twitter Fridays for us. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just want to learn. Get first thing in the morning. Fire up Disney Plus. Get some breakfast. Watch it. Then go with the rest of the day. Otherwise, you okay, you have yeah. to stay up Twitter. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get our brain wrapped around some Star Wars. What do you say? I've got trivia yeah, as yeah. always. Um, but Ben, we will not make you go first. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, this is so you know this is from the Trivial Pursuit DVD Star Wars Saga Edition. So it is oh, wow. um, episodes one through um, six. Um, so there and there's so there's no Rogue One. No, uh, you know this is pre Disney stuff. And I'm sorry, I know you're a big fan of the the Clone Wars. So there's no Clone Wars, uh, um, you know, trivia in here either. But anyway, cool. All right. Oh, Fredo. Yep. What you got? How many fleshy whiskers dangle from Sebulba's head? Hmm. Fleshy whiskers. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, the, the it sounds, little it like something you name your cat, of, isn't it? And it's like, hey, yeah, where's fleshy uh, whiskers? The little extensions of skin that he kind of pulls that tugs at. I'm gonna go with two. The answer is four, actually. Okay, yeah. Four fleshy whiskers. <laughs> now everybody is the smarter for that one. That's that's yeah, the full name. Get, yeah. The is, full name of the band is four fleshy whiskers there's four of us on oh this podcast God. right now maybe we should just change the name for one episode all right <laughs> um dave going to you what character restores order at a sports bar by saying jedi business go back to your drinks we've That's gone Anakin from four Skywalker. fleshy whiskers to the easiest yeah, yeah. question you could get <laughs> It Anakin. Would be Anakin Skywalker, you are yeah. correct. You are correct. All right, Ben, are you nervous? A little, always in these situations, I am. All right, well, here we go. This is what manages to fire three laser bolts in Chewbacca's direction on the surface of Hoth? A Imperial probe droid. See, he said the whole answer. Yep, he didn't say just a probe droid, but he got it all. The Imperial, yeah, it's. I wanted to be safe. I didn't throw you a softball question on purpose, you know, but uh, you should be glad you didn't get the four fleshy whiskers one. All right. um, And so for me, the first one I look at, who warns Queen Amidala, I can only protect you. I can't fight a war for you. That's Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah. Hey, look at that. All except Fredo. Sorry, Fredo. Yeah, we got we got the four fleshy whiskers question. But but you know, all all ten listeners, they all now know how many fleshy whiskers come out of Sebulba's head. Um, now prepared for the real trivia. There we go. <laughs> so yeah, I'll never. I'll, I will. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So I have to. I have to run this by Ben. All right. So I'm sorry. You guys have heard the story. Fredo, were you there to live it? I can edit this out. I was. No, no, leave it in. I want to hear. I want to hear. Oh, boy. So, okay. So we we get together and we play bar trivia when there's not a pandemic going on. Understood. And and here was the question. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I memorized it. So you'll get it verbatim. I want to know if you'd answer the same way. Harvested from the planet Jetta, kyber crystals are used to power what Star Wars weapon? Um, what is a lightsaber, Alex? Okay. Is there another answer? You would have been, if you were oh, on our oh, team. Oh, Death Star, Death Star. Thank you. So I threw a, that's a, I, that's a, that's a tricky one, man. I Ooh. threw a, I threw a fit and gave the trivia jockey like my doctoral dissertation on this. 
And she couldn't care less. She couldn't care less. And she was like, you know, go with the least geeky answer. I was like, least geeky answer. You prefaced it with, I, and so I wrote on the paper, I said, since you referenced Rogue One, which is about the Death Star, I'm putting the Death Star. And we got it wrong because it was lightsaber. So I'm still mad about that, obviously. How many, how many years ago was that, Fredo? Three? Um, somewhere yeah. now. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, oh, yeah, so, a while back. So yeah, you'll have to throw that one by Dominic, who's like your trivia um, genius, right? He's the one. That's yeah, won he's in he's a the times. most powerful one with the trivia among the three of us. So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Cu- I'm curious what he would say. Yeah, throw that one to him. Um, but until then, all right, Fredo, let's go into some news. What do we got going on this week? Uh, okay, right quick. First things first, we'll start off with the good news. Uh, congratulations to John Boyega, who won a Golden Globe on Sunday. Yay. What do you yeah, want to vote for? Uh, best performance by an actor in a television supporting role uh, for his performance in Small Acts, which is a TV miniseries he did with uh, uh, 12 Years a Slave director Steve McQueen. This was a series of like five long episodes that they filmed for BBC detailing the lives of uh, West Indian immigrants into the UK. And he played a role in that and hey, Golden Globe. So, Wow. There you go. So it's it's good for him. So um, it's always good to hear you know, that they're getting work and that they're doing well. We'll go from that to less good news. In case nobody knew at this point, I'm sure at this point everybody knows because it was announced yesterday. San Diego Comic Con is not happening this year. So they basically released a statement saying, due to concern for public health and safety, San Diego, San Diego Comic Convention had to cancel both in-person events, both last year and the WonderCon in Anaheim this year. So they're lamenting the postponement of the in-person Comic-Con this year. So they're hoping that everything can take place normally in person in 2022. And they're announcing that they'll transfer everybody's badges and permits and everything to next year. So So given that it's uh, in Florida, Pensacon, is that still going on? they have i believe have postponed or canceled it they haven't had it they didn't have it last year and i think they canceled it for this year too oh since it happens in in february i think yeah Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be in that's right i guess i guess i would have missed it then um yeah because we had uh the guys from nerve cave nerd cave retro on one time a video game podcast and they mentioned pensacon hit me to that oh fredo's got so breaking news well no i just (laughs) went to the website may 21st to the 23rd of this year, new dates. So maybe they're hoping that as the vaccine distribution happens, maybe they'll get to at least have some kind of a, an event, but we'll that's, see. That's Pensacon, folks, not the Pensacon, uh, Sandica- not San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, there's thousands of uh, vendors, millions of fans, all the events. Anybody, anybody here been to Comic Con or San Diego Comic Con? Not yet. Uh, not yet. I, I, was, I, I was I was hoping to go this year, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, no dice. My my brother in law and sister in law uh, go every year for like the last about six or so, and it sounds like it's just a lot of waiting in line. Um, I mean, even worse well, than Star Wars Celebration. But uh, well, there's literally no way to create six feet of distance there. 
or anything. It's just impossible. One thing and, I've um, heard about San Diego Comic-Con is the fact that there's so much stuff to do just outside the convention. Like you don't even have a, have a ticket, but there's like events happening like all around in downtown San Diego Comic-Con. So, uh, you know, that's why I've always wanted to go just, you know, just to see it because it's massive. Yeah. Um, but also probably a lot of waiting in lines if you want to actually do stuff in the convention center. Yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed for all the small vendors and businesses and whatnot, because there's a lot of mom and pop operations who rely on that. Yeah, I'm sure they make most of their money in July. Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll move from the bad news back to the good news. Star Wars The Bad Batch officially announced coming May the 4th. So Perfect. I know we we're, were talking last week about how when the mic dropped and well, they, they came out and announced it last week. Uh, Adventures of Clone Force 99 begin on Star Wars Day, which I believe is a Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe a Tuesday. And then uh, second episode will premiere three days later on Friday the 7th, and then you'll get a new episode every Friday. So they're following the same model as they did with Clone Wars, and they follow with basically every new show they've debuted on Disney+. Plus. And you all, you all saw the picture of Fennec Shand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is that going to be voiced by Ming Na Wen, or is that going to be? Somebody? Yes, she is voicing the character, from what I heard. Yeah, I can't imagine that they couldn't bring her in on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The um, you know what's exciting about this for me is that Loki debuts like a month later, mm-hmm. so you might be able to watch both back to back. I make that make for long Thursday nights for you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yes <laughs> oh looking forward to it but also dreading it a little bit <laughs> yeah now you have to stay off twitter even longer yeah uh, uh, well yeah no kidding i'll just have yeah just have to like cancel my account for a month yeah uh on even further good news and okay this news might be important only to me and i don't care but on april 6th Republic Commando's coming back. Yes. Yay! I don't know. Did you ever play Republic Commando, Ben? I have never played that game. I've heard, I've seen so much gameplay over the years. Um, this is actually my chance now because uh, I think it might be coming to a console I can get my hands on finally. And uh, I've heard so many good things. So, yeah, it's coming up uh, working with Asper, uh, Lucasfilm Games. It's coming PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 and Nintendo Switch. Like I said, drops nice. on April 6th, and you get to play as members of Delta Squad. And that's okay. Well, we had the uh, video games episode, I raved and I raved about this game. So, so is this everybody... going to be, mm-hmm. be cross platform? I mean, it's cross platform, it's obviously available, but like, can can we all play? Can I, can Dave and I on our Switch and you on your PlayStation, can we? Um... I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. There there was some rumblings that it might not be multiplayer enabled, but I'm not sure if they're gonna. Because it did have a multiplayer, you know, because why make it fun? mode? See, and that's the thing. You know, this game came out in 2005, ahead of Revenge of the Sith, back when multiplayer wasn't what it is now. You know, this is back then when you still connected to your friends through Xbox Live, and that was the the extent of it. But this is, I mean, I would hope so. I would hope so. But then you also have to get into the whole, you know, systems like PlayStation has their network and Nintendo has their network, and they don't want you talking to one another. You stay in your own playground. 
Well, cool. I was excited because Dave just recently got a switch and I got a switch a few months back so that we might actually be able to, you know, um, I'm, I'm probably going to get one pretty soon. All right. Well, all right. One of us, one of us. <laughs> I, I got to get it before. Yeah, yeah, I got to get it before Super Mario 35 goes away. I, I, re, I realized you something... got a month. You've got a month, buddy. It's going away at the end of this month. Hey, it is. It is. And by the way, kids, um, Donkey Kong is a great sobriety test. It will tell you if you are if you are safe to drive anywhere because I had a few beers at home and I was playing playing Donkey Kong and I could not make it past the first level. I'm like, what in the heck is going on here? I'm like, okay, Aaron shouldn't drive anywhere. Good thing I can't <laughs> drive anywhere. So every car now should have like Donkey Kong in it where you have to play a level to see if you're okay to drive. Anyway, sorry, that's just neither here nor there. Um, that is incredible. This last one's a little bit of a rumor, I believe, right, uh, Fredo? Yep, it's, yeah, it's a bit of a rumor, but of course we have to uh, mention it. That was Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> That's our that's our that's the Houdat Jedi podcast rumor alert. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy smells a rumor. No. Uh, so this one's come from LRM online and it's exclusive. They're stating that Harrison Dula could be making her live action debut in Rangers of the New Republic. Uh, so obviously they get into some of the stuff we got into last few weeks regarding Cara Dunes, character, Gina Carano, but they're saying some uh, some outlets have speculated that the character could be recast. Obviously, uh, Hollywood Reporter said Lucasfilm told them not happening. So their scoop is that a source over at Lucasfilm has told them that creators are looking to bring in Harrison Dula as the bridge to connect the show to the Mandalorian universe. Now, production of Rangers is still a while away, which is where the big grain of salt needs to come in. However, the issue creators are running into is finding time to introduce a new character and connect it to kind of the Star Wars Mandalorian universe that they're building. So since Harris already been introduced in Rebels, she's you know they, you know the audience knows her. She's also been in uh, Squadrons. They actually got her to be in Squadrons, uh, and you know she's established. Uh, the idea would be to use her as the connecting bridge to go from whether it's an appearance in Ahsoka or Mandalorian, and then she would be the lead in Rangers of the New Republic. And you know how I have ranted about um, the insistence of some that, and um, with all due respect to uh, to anybody, because Ben, I can't remember, I think uh, I, uh, you guys have talked about this on Star Wars Underworld, and this is just where I, the insistence of the person who voiced the character on Rebels shall be the actor to play right, live action right. and that's that's where i've just i've taken a little bit of like i don't think that is necessary um but this is one where vanessa marshall that voice to me needs to be behind hera because hera at that voice there's no other voice in rebels like hera's um and uh so, so i don't know i don't know if that would be if that would be possible i don't know oh go ahead, go ahead fredo no, yeah, I was going to say, no, I was going to say, I mean, you could cast Vanessa Marshall given, I mean, say that we, we've seen what Hera kind of sort of looks like at the end of Jedi from the finale of Rebels. We're expecting that this is happening sometime after season two or season three of Mandalorian. So 
you know, there's nothing saying, I mean, obviously she's going to be wearing the Twilight uh, uniform costume. She's going to be made up. They're going to have her son there more than likely present because they have to, Jason. So, you know, once, you know, the character doesn't have to travel as far from animation to live action if you want to bring Vanessa Marshall as the character, the actress. I feel like Vanessa could pull it off. I feel mm-hmm. like there's some actors like clearly can't do it. Some other actors are kind of in a gray area. I feel like she could do it. Um, but I, I don't have as strong opinions anymore because I was really on I was really on the Ashley Eckstein should play Ahsoka for a while there um, until I saw Rosario Dawson. I was like, okay, I can live with this. Like, I think she did an amazing job. So I'm not, I don't have as, as strong as opinions as I, as I did regarding like this actor should play this character, but there are some I think, who do, but yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And you know, I can go like, I'm willing to, you know, be a little open-minded about it, but I, I get where people are coming from, especially because like you have such characters that, you know, it's hard to kind of wrap your mind around because like so many actors have just become those characters. You know them just as those characters. It's hard to like, you know, pull your brain out of it and say, okay, anybody can play this character. I understand that. Um, but with Hera, yeah, it would be weird to hear somebody else playing that character, especially since she has, she's done it in the Battlefront games, I think. She did it in the, the yeah, X-Wing game. Squadron. Mm-hmm. So like she has kind of multi-platform done that character. So like, I think there's there's definitely a case to be made that she could do it in live action too. I don't know, Dave. What do you think? Because I know you're kind of a Hera fan. Oh, I, I adore that character. Um, I think she's wonderful, and I, you know, Vanessa would be great. Um, and it makes sense what you know what Fredo was saying is it's like the concept doesn't excite me. And I think we were talking about all the Disney announcements when they happened. uh, And we were like, what's the least exciting show of the lineup? You know, and for me, it was that one. Um, And it was just because at that point I was sort of over Gina Carano. Um, And then obviously the fallout happened with her recently. And now now it's kind of like, okay, what are you going to do with this show? And so it would make sense for the connective tissue aspect of it to bring in an existing character so they don't have to do so much of the heavy lifting of establishing people who we are what we're doing here all that stuff so um you know it makes sense i you know i again grain of salt i'm not sure that will do that but uh i would not hate it either but doesn't it seem to make more sense that if you're going to bring Hera into anything it would be the ahsoka show well, 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 I was going to say, you could have her show up there first and kind of lay more groundwork for her appearing in this other show. I have to go hang up. Sorry, kids. I got to leave. I got to go <laughs> hang out with the Rangers of the New Republic. It's what they're doing now. <laughs> I mean, like, you get, you know, we're getting all these characters who they're trying to kind of like, well, we've got this spinoff potential here. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. And uh, it makes sense. And from the standpoint of what her character, what we know of her, she's the, she was the most devoted to the cause of the rebellion. You know, she went all the way and fought in, in the Battle of Endor, and uh, so we've already established that her commitment is to the Republic. Therefore, it would make much sense, much more sense for her to be there than to be with Ahsoka and possibly uh, Sabine 
out on the hunt for Ezra. Right. Well, yeah, and cool. All right. Well, and we're, uh, getting, we're getting all sorts of, of rebels. One last bit of news. One last bit of news, and that's so good. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, price of Disney Plus is increasing. We're going up a buck. Oh no! Oh no! Look, I'm a full-on Disney shill. I got the three-year deal back when it launched, so I'm good for a while. <laughs> I was doing the math on that. I, I did the three-year thing, too, and I'm like, oh, no, a year has already gone by. I've only got two years left. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you got the regular Disney Plus, it's going from $6.99 a month to $7.99 a month. And if you got the Disney bundle like me, you're going from $12.99 to $13.99. Oh, boy. So yeah, it's taking effect on March 26th. So you'll see that you'll see it in your new new statement next month, kids. It's the, it's the, it's all the, the people, pandemic. all the people that turn all the people that turn off like once a month just to watch their shows and then turn it off again. Um, you know they're gonna get that. <laughs> they're gonna get. They're gonna have to pay through the nose. But they're making it much harder to drop because hey, one division's over. Here comes Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon Winter Soldier's over. Here comes. Bad batch, here comes Loki. There's, here no comes, There's no breaks anymore. They're not. They're making it so you got to keep them. And God bless them because I'm fine with it. Yep. If it's good content, then I'm I'm going to be happy. So. Well, I think I think we're paying for like the the paying for new servers because nobody saw a pandemic coming, and then like all the kids in the world have to watch all the Disney catalog, and all the adults have to watch. You know, it's like at least we had something to entertain. You know, Ben, I don't know, these guys, these two, I hadn't seen, I'd only seen maybe two or three of the Marvel movies. Oh, and wow. so this summer, it was my homework where I had, I basically went on a quest, my wife and I, and we watched all the Marvel movies. So it was like, you know, during the pandemic, can't do anything, can't go anywhere. So we, yeah. what, we just watched them in order. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's what everybody's been doing. So I'm sure that it's putting some strain on, we need, we need some bigger servers. So let's charge everybody an extra, or oh, we I... have them in the door. Let's charge them an extra buck. So. I'm pretty sure it's been a couple times where Mandalorian, like, you know, the 2 a.m. rush of, uh, episodes dropping of Mandalorian and WandaVision, I think tw two or three times it, it like completely crashed the site. No one could get on it. Oh, that. That's, see, that's another reason why you got to be old like me and just watch it at five o'clock the next day. It does not pay, all right? You lose sleep. You have to wait longer because you can't get it up. It's just, it's, it's bad. But yeah. Well, all right. Well, that's so. That's the news, Fredo. Thank you. Yes. Um, so now on to the meat and potatoes. Um, our special guest, Ben Hart. Um, yeah. He's uh, the founder of the Star Wars Underworld. Um, what? Which is a podcast. Um, just very quickly. Um, so that people can find it real quick where where can we find uh because you guys actually do a live show see we we cheat we record right so they can you, you know, do, edit the, you out do my... the normal way we've <laughs> we've done it the hard way um we've gotten used to it so it's good so where can people when and where can people listen to the star wars underworld podcast first of all they can listen to it live on thursday nights at 9 p.m eastern or 8 p.m for those of us in central time zone um, and we broadcast on a site called Mixler. So you can go mixler.com. Let me make sure I get the thing right. Um, you can just Google channel 1138. That's where we broadcast from. It's mixler, mixler.com slash channel dash 1138. Um, we have a live chat going on there. We broadcast live. We might be, might be making some upgrades soon. Maybe, maybe for right now, it's just audio only. And, uh, we've been doing that for 10, 
almost 10 years now, um, which is pretty crazy. And then you can find uh, regular episodes on iTunes and all the podcatchers. We have StarWarsInterworld.com, which is our official site, uh, where everything is. Um, we've been doing that, as I said, for a while, and it's been a lot of fun. So I guess, like I said, this is going to be um, kind of a loosey-goosey just conversation here. Um, but I guess, tell us how um, how the Star Wars Underworld started. Because one of the interesting things you mentioned in the, uh, it's in the intro of the Star Wars Underworld podcast, is the, right. you know, the, the people you've met and the community that you've created through this podcast. So I guess, how did this whole thing start? Whose bright idea was it? And how did... <laughs> How did, you know, Chris and Dominic come into the whole deal? So you can just kind of give us the, the history and we'll interject and or drink beer or whatever while you're talking. So. <laughs> no, yeah, feel free to interject at any time because I will ramble for a while trying to remember certain parts of the story because I've told it a thousand times, but uh, I always miss parts of it. But basically, the reason I'm called the quote-unquote founder is because I created a Facebook page. It is the Star Wars Underworld Facebook page that still exists now. It's it'll be 11 years old on April 10th. Um, it has been for a long time. I just created that page on a whim, just as a fun project, just to do because I was bored, and I had been kind of in Star Wars fandom, but not really. I had been on Facebook for a while. I didn't think I was on Twitter at that point. The Star Wars kind of online community didn't really feel like there was that much going on but i was just kind of around i said hey whatever i like star wars oh there's people besides me that like star wars this is neat and, and so i just started that facebook page and it has been after i had been gotten really heavily involved in the the weekly watchings of clone wars episodes because it was going on at that time clone wars started in 2008 i'm talking 2010 ish april and so, you know, we were, I was on, there was message boards on StarWars.com I would always hang out on. And then just one day I said, hey, I'm just going to take advantage of this. And, you know, I like Star Wars. I keep up with the news. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay in, in line with everything. So why not, you know, start a page and, you know, maybe a few people will like it. I don't know. So I started the page and I think I can remember getting it like seven likes the first the first week or the first day um and you know it kind of just went on from there and you know it it, it obviously took off because i'm trying to look up the actual um let's see how many likes do we have right now we have of course this thing's being slow Two hundred and sixty-three thousand <laughs> likes right now that's 11 years but later somebody out there um, were the first seven Yes, yeah, somebody out there, somebody out there. Um, one of those people was Chris Siegel, one of my co-hosts. And he was around, he was doing other pages and stuff like that. And eventually I was just trying to do it going on, on my own. I was trying to be secretive. I didn't want anybody to know who I was. I was very just standoffish. Eventually I came out of my shell and made some friends. And then Chris was kind of one of the people that were just on the page all the time, commenting, whatever. And then I was going to go on vacation or whatever and say, okay, I need someone to watch the page while I'm gone. I got a guy named Chris. And then another friend of ours, uh, Jordan, uh, came on and just kind of did the page with me for a while. And that happened for a while. And I think jo how Dominic got involved was he was involved with some other podcasts, listening to them, and we would like – do these things where we would like say, Hey, come join our page or whatever on various groups and whatever. 
I think Dominic's first impression was like, who are these losers, you know, trying to get, <laughs> trying to get my attention or whatever. And then eventually we, I think it was a year later, we started StarWarsInterworld.com, which is our first website. And it wasn't too long after that when we started the podcast. So it was about a year, year and a half later when we started the podcast. And Dominic was a listener of the podcast. He would call in and do our trivia. It's funny. We just did trivia tonight. <laughs> he he was one of our like big trivia guys, obviously. You know, years later, it's pretty obvious. He's pretty good at that. So uh, it was it's, it's kind of a uh, fate that would have it. But uh, and that just happened. And then, you know, obviously, Chris and I and there were several other hosts that kind of were go jumping back and forth on the podcast. Eventually, they kind of fell off for various reasons. Me and Chris stayed on. We needed another host. Dominic was around. Hey, let's do this. And that's basically how the podcast came to be, just kind of amalgamation of that. And it just kind of blew up from there. We started covering the news and, you know, we all obviously got along really well and, you know, we're really close friends now. And, you know, it's, it's been great. Well, obviously we've been to Star Wars Celebration a lot. Um, we have, a, we've had a booth there several times. Um, and I'm just, again, I'm rambling, trying to think of like interesting facts. So if you have any questions, feel free to, but like, that's no, the right. gist of the story. This isn't, this isn't a uh, video podcast. So what I'm showing is I actually visited your booth oh. in Chicago. And oh wow! So you got one of those. One yeah, of those, I got like the, those things were everywhere at celebration. We like would line the table with them, like with thousands of them, and they were gone by the end of the day. Sorry like, for listeners. It's their it's their pin that they're handing out. It's a Boba Fett. Uh, it's a StarWarsUnderworld.com. So yeah, so it is uh, still attached to my lanyard. So um, <laughs> that's fantastic. So uh, I guess so. We'll we'll back up a little bit now, and th this might you know lead us into more kind of a round table conversation uh, we can share, but uh, we always like to ask people what their star Wars story is. So we talked, you yeah. just told us about, you know, when the podcast started, but obviously you were into star Wars before that. So how did you come to star Wars? Why did it attach itself to you or why do you attach yourself to it? Um, yeah. 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 It's an interesting, it, it's interesting from the perspective of, it's hard for me to remember my life without Star Wars. It's been like one of my earliest memories was my Star Wars being on TV and my dad going, hey, let's go watch this. This is something cool. You need to watch this. Like this, He was like, this is important. And I know to this day my dad's a massive Star Wars fan. Both my parents are. But like my dad was especially like, this is like – you need to watch this. This is ideal. And I just kind of got sucked in. And, you know, you have certain things like I was a Disney fan before that. I was into all different things, but like Star Wars was the thing that I kept coming back to that was just part of my life and it never went away. And, you know, for years and years and years. And, you know, it, it was this sustaining thing. And, you know, and Clone Wars, you know, I, I think I kind of got into it around Phantom Menace era. I didn't go see Phantom Menace in theaters, but I saw it on VHS, I think, a bit later. So Attack of the Clones in theaters, Revenge of the Sith in theaters. And then Star Wars was done. You remember that time when Star Wars yeah. just ended and there was no other Star Wars movies or anything after Revenge of the Sith? Um, at least that's what they wanted us to believe. So, you know, that was kind of the era where you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to move on to something else because Star Wars is done. It's over. And then this little thing called Star Wars, the Clone Wars, came around. And I was skeptical at first. And some people are still skeptical, understandably, but for me, it was eye-opening. That show blew me away. I watched the first episode like, wow, what is this? And just it just took me by storm, and I was totally captivated by it. 
and it reinvigorated my fandom to the point where you know I was a fan, but like I was hardcore into the show every single week, watching every new episode and getting involved in the fan community. And that's ultimately what led into the Star Wars Underworld because that show, you know, got me into the fandom and got me every single week wanting to talk about it and looking for places to talk about it. And I just created my own place to talk about it. And the Star Wars Underworld really was created as a place to talk about Clone Wars episodes. You know, back in 2011, when much wasn't much going on on the podcast, that's what we talk about is the new episode of Clone Wars. There wasn't much else going on. There wasn't any news. There wasn't any, you know, Star Wars 13, 13 was coming at some point. I never did, but uh, we won't talk about that. But, um, you know, there wasn't movies. There wasn't anything. There was just like the Clone Wars was the big thing, and we were all invested in it. And so many people that I know to this day, great friends of mine, as I say in the, in the intro that, you know, I know because I watch Clone Wars and you know, we, we all kind of gather around that show and things. So that was kind of the start of it. A new hope on TV. That was the start of it, but Clone Wars kind of propelled me to where I'm sitting today. One thing you mentioned just now, you're talking about when you got started in the whole podcasting side of things um, was, it was very television focused. Right. And now we had the sequel movies and we had rogue one and solo and all these <laughs> Huge things um, for like over the course of the past decade, which were just great. But now we're kind of back into TV land again. Clone Wars came back. We got Bad Batch coming. So many TV shows. Like it really has come full circle. You're right. Do you feel um, very comfortable with the state of Star Wars and where we're at right now and where we're headed? Yeah, I think, you know, I've had mixed emotions over the years about certain things. You know, I haven't loved everything. Um, I don't think it was perfectly done everything, but I've enjoyed most of the content. I've enjoyed most of the movies. And, you know, I, I've liked what they've done. You know, one of my biggest <laughs> one of my biggest things against Disney was when they when they uh, canceled the Clone Wars. <laughs> that was a huge thing. Go back and listen to our podcast right after that happened. We were not happy at all um we were we did not like disney at that point but they made up for it they brought the clone wars back they gave it it's finished and so disney and us are, are we're cool now right there's no there's no hard feelings but it's you know it is funny how you know it has come full circle and i i you know i was so thrilled back in 2012 like oh we're gonna get a movie a year are you kidding me this is amazing and i was so hyped on that and then we got that, you know, news that, you know, after Solo, all, all the fallout with, you know, certain things, they're not doing so well, and oh, they're going to cut back on the movies. I've come to live with that, and, and like, The Mandalorian, I think, has made that transition so much better because The Mandalorian really feels like a film. Like, it's so much of it is like each of those episodes is like a film unto himself. So, like, I'm totally fine. As much as I want Star Wars movies, they can keep them for a while. They can go do those and think... I love what they're doing on the TV front, and they gave us a new season of Clone Wars. Bad Batch looks amazing, um, and you know, there's so many other things to look forward to just on Disney+, Plus. Uh, which if we had a movie this year or last year, we couldn't have seen it anyway in the theater. Right, yeah. So you know, it may, it may as well just do it all from home. So, the, so Oh, go ahead, Fredo. You. No, I was just going to ask as a, as a follow-up, given uh, we're discussing TV and Clone Wars, what were your thoughts on the last season of Clone Wars? From, uh, from somebody who watched it, you know, from beginning, <laughs> lived it every week. Because I came into Clone Wars late. I had to go back. And right. 
no. How was your experience? We'll go through those last 12 episodes. I, I thought it was near perfect. I think obviously I wanted more. Obviously there was, there was certain arcs that, you know, were, were shown at celebration. Like, Oh, you're never going to get this. Like there's a bounty hunter arc. that I'm still like, you gotta do this. Like there's a cat bait versus Boba Fett. And you got to bring that into somehow, you know, I'm disappointed that that didn't make the cut, but like still the episodes that we got were amazing. Especially those final four were some of the, I think some of the best star Wars storytelling I've ever seen. Some of the best storytelling I've ever seen personally. And, you know, I think what I wanted, what I was most disappointed about Clone Wars when it got canceled was the idea that, like, this show deserved an ending. It deserved a proper, like, send-off for these characters. And we got that with Season 7. I think it was perfect in that sense. And, you know, and I'm satisfied. There's still people out there going, like, oh, finish the Clone Wars. Do this. Do more seasons. I'm like, I'm satisfied. As someone who loved the show, who would love to have seen it gone on forever, we got the ending we wanted. We got a beginning, a middle, and an end. And, you know, I'm very, very happy with it. And I go back and watch those episodes quite frequently because they're still amazing. So, you know, what's interesting. Um, I've, I've mentioned on here, I, I didn't start watching the Clone Wars until um, until after I moved here to New Orleans. So it was after wow. 2015. Um, and it was one of those things where it was like, okay, I, I always resisted it. It was, uh, like you said, skeptical. I was... I don't mess with my star Wars. You know, it's a movie. I don't want to watch no cartoon. You know, I was one of those kind of one of those guys. Um, you know, I just, and, but I was like, you know what? All right. Dogs wake me up at six o'clock on a Sunday. I'll, you know, just started binge watching it. Couldn't stop. Just ended up yeah. really enjoying it. Um, and I will say this is what the clone wars, um, did for me is that it saved Anakin Skywalker for me. Absolutely. It saved the character of Anakin Skywalker for me because I thought, I, uh, guys, TNT had their Star Wars marathon again this weekend and still watching episode two and episode three, Anakin Skywalker just makes, it just makes me sad. But then I think about the Clone Wars and how that character is fleshed out. It actually makes you more, it, it makes me more accepting of Anakin in episode three. So the Clone Wars saved that character for me. Um, yeah yeah oh, just quick question for you did you catch it on netflix is yeah, that when you watched yeah. it mm -hmm. yeah because it wouldn't have been anywhere else at that point netflix i think was a huge turning point for clone wars because when clone wars was on it was not that popular it was still this fringe thing that people were like yeah hey, animated star wars what is this like that's you a good know, impression even I came of me. At it from, yeah. <laughs> yeah so like and i i get it when you watch the trailers like that it did look kitty and yes those first few episodes first few seasons they were aimed at a younger audience and they're not some of those episodes are not that great but it evolved and it grew and it got better with time and netflix was this arena where everybody had netflix and you didn't have to pay for it you didn't have to buy it on you know on dvd or blu-ray you didn't have to catch it on tv it was just there people i think most people caught it when it was on netflix i think one of the reasons Clone Wars is so popular now is because people watched it on Netflix when it was, you know, just free to watch for a while. So I think that's amazing that so many people came to it. And, and the reason that we had the whole campaign and that it came back for a seventh season, like, I don't think any of that would have happened if it hadn't been for the fan base and the fact that it got so popular. Um, and yeah, it's just an amazing ride. Yeah. I've actually been, you know, tipping off. It, it was kind of funny because my, my brother, so I want to back up when you, you talk about your, your dad, 
kind of was the the link to your Star Wars obsession. Right. And you know, and that that make makes me think of something I was actually talking to Fredo about um, this weekend is that, you know, Star Wars is not the best movie ever made. I mean, it's it's not the best movie ever made. Right. But, you know, again, but you talked about what what is so imp- what probably is that got, is so important to you is because that that connection that was you and your dad. You know, for yeah. me it was me and my brother. Um, cause my brother was, you know, he, my older brother, he was, you know, hearing about this stuff and he's like, you gotta, you gotta check this out. Um, took me to my first star Wars convention in Lincoln, Nebraska at a library, wow. you know? Um, and, uh, um, uh, but, uh, so it's the, it's those connections and it's, so what I was telling Fredo is like, you know, I mentioned Donkey Kong earlier, you know, Dave, you, you have in your, uh, blog, you, you rank your video games and you're very, you know, um, very thoughtful and very, um, qualitative, you know, and quantitative, I'm sorry, quantitative and qualitative as to how you, you know, rank these things for me, Donkey Kong. The reason why Donkey Kong is the best video game ever is because my brother and I would go play it all the time. My brother and sister and I would go play it all the time. That was just, so there, there is that, you know, that aesthetic, you know, the sounds, that's why, you know, the essay, the, you know, the, when it was on the Nintendo Entertainment System, the sounds were not quite the same as the one you just hit me to a couple of weeks ago. You know, so. Um, and you know. Aaron, you know that's that's important. I mean, that's so important, and why we sit here and talk about this week after week, and it's why I insist on like showing my kids these movies. This is I'm like trying to pay it forward. It's like my relationship with my parents. And my siblings was bolstered through an appreciation for these movies. We just would watch them together. You know, random Saturday morning, you'd pull out the VHS and watch Empire Strikes Back. It was the best way to start your Saturday was on Hoth. And nobody's ever going to take those memories from me. And I just, I now I'm like paying it forward with the next generation. And I just, I, I love that so much. Yeah, I, I, I've always said, or at least for a while now, I kind of like quantify like people's relationships with with fiction, movies, TV shows, whatever. It's more emotional than we realize. It's more it's not about, oh, this this movie is great because it's got you know these special effects and whatever. Yes, Star Wars has always pushed the boundary. Star Wars in 1977 blew people's minds because people had never seen anything quite like that before. Yes, it was because of the special effects, it was because of the acting, the directing, everything. But at the same time, it hit a note with people. And, you know, going so far, you know, to today where people have grown up with this in their lives and shared it with their things, it's more emotional. It's more about not just nostalgia, but like I grew up with my dad with this. I grew up with my mom watching this, you know, brother, sister, whatever. And now now I'm sharing it with my kids. Like that's that's the heart and soul of it. That's what Star Wars really means. It's not about like, oh, this movie, this, and like, yeah, we all have opinions. We all have, you know, you know, I don't love every single Star Wars film, but it's still Star Wars. It still has those characters, and that's why we love it. It's not about like the nuts and bolts. It's about the how it makes us feel. Right. And you know, what we've talked about a lot on this podcast is the, you know, it's really kind of interesting because like people of our generation, maybe I'm the oldest person here. So Dave and me and Fredo, you, cause you look quite a bit younger than us. Um, but you know, we were, we we're original trilogy people, you know, I mean, 
like I said, 77, yeah. I was born in 73. So, you know, it's, that's what I grew up with. And, um, and so, you know, the prequels kind of took the wind out of the sails out of, out of some people of my generation, not me, because right. I was like, ah, Star Wars, this is cool. Um, until we got Padme combing her hair on, you know, and reminiscing about Naboo, then you just, I wanted to throw things at the screen. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's why then when, you know, the sequel trilogy came out, um, you know, and we got Chewie, we're home and we got, we saw Luke Skywalker again, people of our generation were like, Oh my God. Yeah. Star Wars is back. Whereas I think the people who grew up and so I'm going to, I'm just, this is my hypothesis and now you can shoot it down if you like, but people like you, Dominic and Chris, who grew up with the prequels and with the clone wars, you know, the sequels didn't turn your crank so much because it was like, you know, it was kind of dismissive of the prequels in a little bit until we ironically got to the rise of Skywalker. So. Yeah. It, it's funny. Cause I always say like, you know, if you listen to the star Wars in a world podcast, you know that at least two out of three of us were not the biggest fans of the rise of Skywalker, just not quite. Um, you know, and we had very long discussions about, you know, our problems with that film and ultimately, they were like, okay, whatever. We just kind of moved on, you know, because I, I, I don't like being negative. I don't like, you know, doing all that stuff and, and keep going on and on and on about it, you know, just let it rest. And ultimately, maybe my opinions changed over the months since I, I've last watched that film. But like, ultimately, my opinion doesn't matter. What matters is the kid, the, you know, the six year old kid that saw Star Wars for the first time. He went into a theater in 2019. And Rise of Skywalker was his first Star Wars film, and he or she thought that was the best thing he'd ever seen in his life. That's what matters. That yeah. is the most Amen. important thing. And I, I love the idea of like I'm this old grumpy person that didn't like the movie, but there's kids out there right now that love it, and they're going to be – Pointing their finger at me, going, "You're dumb for thinking this movie. This movie's the best thing ever. You're a dumb old person." I'll be like, "Okay, you know what? I'll I'll accept that because I was the same way when I was younger. I grew up with the prequels. I thought they were amazing, and people older than me were like, these are these suck.' And I'm like, you know, it ultimately it doesn't matter. It's it's this generational thing, and uh, you know, you know, if anything has taught us is that the sequels will be beloved in about twenty years. <laughs> so we'll see." It is generational, though. You know, you're right. And we talked about that from our perspective. It was like, I'm probably the biggest prequel fan of the three of us. Though, um, though I'm I, the biggest Phantom Menace fan. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you like the Phantom Menace. Um, Your drop-off is much steeper, Aaron. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I'm comfortable putting the three of them together. You're less comfortable doing that. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I, I really like those films a lot. And so it's kind of fun for me to be able to have the chance to talk to somebody who kind of grew up with them and might have more of an appreciation um, than maybe the younger generation or the older generation. Um, so I, you know, I would love to hear your thoughts on the prequels in general, if you have any sort of uh, strong defense that you like to dust off from time to time to tell people. <laughs> yeah. My, my relationship with the prequels has evolved over the years. Obviously I grew up, you know, in a bubble, you know, in viewing those films in a vacuum, not having all the internet discourse and being like, 
these movies are fine. What's wrong? Like, what's 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 the deal with these movies? Like, they're they're totally great. I love Phantom Menace. I love Tactical Guns. I love Revenge of the Sith. Like, I really enjoyed them. And, you know, it was a massive shock to go online. And, like, those – I don't even think people realize today, like, how hated the prequels were in, you know, the early 2010s and, you know, even, you know, early – you know, back when I started podcasting. Like, it was – crazy the amount of just hate that was directed at those and also the people that made them that's a whole other story but it was pretty awful thankfully we're past that right now and the prequels are, are much more beloved and the sequels are catching all the hate but for me it was like you know i thought they're oh they're amazing i i, I was always coming to the fence i think over the years i kind of more accepted the idea that yeah they're not perfect films but they don't have to be that i don't have to say something is perfect therefore i like it or it's crap, therefore I hate it. It's not a it's not that simple. You can say, hey, this is not a great movie, but I like it anyway. You know, and that's kind of my whole thing with the sequels. I think a cat's trying to get into my room, never mind. Um <laughs> you know, it's but, it's funny, isn't that isn't that such an American thing? Sorry, I'm gonna alienate a bunch <laughs> of people and get it. You can go and go ahead and at me on this. Isn't it a very American thing to say all right, well, it's this thing's okay now. Let's go hate on this thing over here. You know, it just seems like a very cultural thing to, you know, in this country to, all right, we, we, you know, there's there's something new to hate, so we'll forget about this thing over here. So Yeah, I, I think, honestly, the only thing, the only reason the prequels aren't still hated is because we found something else to hate, the sequels and all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, that's, that's basically the long and short of it. And, you know, I, I'm just waiting for the turning point. I'm waiting for like, hey, okay, when's when are people going to start loving the sequels and and hating Rogue Squadron, I guess? I don't know. Well, that's what's interesting is that thinking back back when the prequels, the hate for the prequels didn't really start until after they were halfway done. Yeah. You know, like right after Attack of the Clones. Everybody kind of went, okay, Phantom Menace, there's some flaws. So obviously, it's the first movie. It's setting up stuff. You're going to get your payoff come the next movie. Then Attack of the Clones comes out and people are still not happy with it. But what's interesting is there was a whole generation you know, that grew up with it. To them, it hit them on an emotional level. I think sometimes we have to be cognizant of that. It's like That's why it's so big for so many kids and young people when it, they watch their first Star Wars movie, whether it's you know Rogue One or Rise of Skywalker. And that's the one that connects with them on an emotional level. And you know, then they're having to come up with analytical reasons to defend an emotional decision Well, that they like something. And that's the thing that we've talked about a bunch of times is that, you know, again, I, I go back to Star Wars, you know, A New Hope is not the best movie. It's my favorite movie, but it's not the best movie. I mean, the acting is quite honestly, not that great. You know, um, uh, the, the story can kind of be clunky from time to time, you know, here and there. Um, but that's what, as we grow older, it's, this is my running thing, as we grow older, we have to remember, you know, we're not seven years old in the movie theater anymore. We're now, you know, 48. And and it, it, if you're expecting that seven-year-old reaction, then you're going to let yourself down. It was kind of the, the conversation we have with a friend of ours. You know, I saved Jar Jar Binks for him because he hated <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. And I said, you know what, Scott? I said... If you were, you know, in your 30s in seeing C-3PO for the first time, you would think that he was the stupidest thing you'd ever seen, the most annoying character on screen. But because you were a kid, 
you know, he's entertaining. He's, you know, he's funny. He's, you know, the comic relief. So that's what Jar Jar is to <laughs> little kids, you know. Yeah. But, but the difference is, like you said, we did not have the internet to tell us that we were wrong to like C-3PO, you know. Yes. Um, so you're absolutely right about that. Rainy day, like it is here in New Orleans. Um, yeah, same here, same uh, here. Yeah, welcome to it. It's nice and cold and rainy. But uh, <laughs> um, at rainy day, nothing to do. We're going to put on a Star Wars movie. What is your go-to? This is my rainy day. I'll watch this Star Wars movie anytime. What is that that you watch? You know what? Solo, for whatever reason, really hits me in the right place, at least recently. It's a movie that, you know, I, you know, again, not perfect. I'm not saying it's it's the greatest thing ever, but it's it's a lot of fun and I've I've I really, really enjoy it. And you know, it's it's one if I'm gonna just watch a Star Wars movie, um, that's probably gonna be the one I go to. Um or yeah, that's that's great. You know what I've said about that movie is that it really maybe is the first movie in the Star Wars canon uh, since A New Hope to come closest to A New Hope in terms of tone. Yeah. It's just very light and fun and Saturday morning serial and swashbuckling and it's it's a good time. It's refreshing up next to the sequel trilogy, which was, you know, for all of its high points and low points, was like, you know, it, they're 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 general like popcorn movies in the sense that the stakes are high. The, you know, the galaxy is ending in every movie, and somebody has something. There's a planet killer, and it's going to destroy all these planets. We got to stop it. Like that's the thing. That's literally the plot of the Force Awakens and the Rise of Skywalker. So like, you know, it's nice to have a movie like Solo to be like, okay, whatever. Oh, so we got to steal the stuff from these guys, or this other mean guy is going to kill us. That's the plot of Solo, like, and it's great. I was, I was that old guy going. I remember, I literally said, I don't need to see a Han Solo movie. <laughs> this is not. I mean, if we're going to make new movies, like Rogue One, I was all in. I was like, this sounds so cool. But Solo had so many traps in front of it that I could see that I was like, this is not going to end well, you know. Mm, and because yeah. I, my whole thing was like, um, well, we know. You know, I remember in the trailer they show you know Chewbacca about ready to be hit by a boulder on the you right. know, on the mountain. And it's like, well, he gets out of it, and that's what I remember <laughs> saying to these guys, like the Kessel Run. It's like we know they all make it out of the Kessel Run, but I still found myself gripping the 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 arms of the seat in the theater. So they did such a good job. Yeah, you're right, Dave, of just taking you on an adventure, and I think also. Um, I've said it before again, sorry, but Alden and Donald Glover got the essence of those characters so well Perfection. that that you can that I was like, all right, I'm I'm invested, and I I I wasn't taken out of the movie until Darth Maul showed up. <laughs> that was the only time <laughs> where I was like, well, that's an interesting thing, you know, because I was like, wait a minute, that that's, that's that was a curve. <laughs> A uh, big curveball, but uh, um, I was definitely in the same boat with you before Solo. I was, I think, me, Chris, and Dominic, all three were like, "This is a dumb idea. Why would you do a Han Solo movie?" Maybe that's where I got my opinion. Maybe it's all your fault because I listened to the Star Wars Underworld <laughs> podcast, and you guys set me up for you know. I told you how to think, but uh, yeah, we were not a fan of that idea. I'm before. a mindless and now, automaton, and now I'm like, 
oh, they're going to turn into a trilogy. I'm so disappointed. Like I legitimately like, like I want Solo 2. I want that movie to happen, but probably not. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it was a dumb idea because it failed it, financially, at least. But, uh, you know, still My good movie. Well, you know, funny, I, I go back to what you had, uh, were talking about earlier, which is just like, um, this is this is the sort of thing that we set ourselves up with when we get on the Internet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whether you got that idea, Aaron, from from them or from another place, you know, it's just like that was the conversation. Who needs a, who needs a solo movie? We don't need a solo movie. And it was like. Let's just poison the well before it ever even hits theaters. And, uh, you know, it was like, uh, I guess it was a logical step forward for the fan base because before the fan base had always been, let's destroy what everyone already loves that's already been released. Um, Let's look bag on all the good things uh, and complain about that. And so now they had to take it to to the next level and say, well, you're going to hate this thing that's coming out. I don't know. You know, it's funny because you talk about the expectations that this is something we always talk about on this podcast, which is just like check your expectations at the door. Right. Um, Our enjoyment of a film should not be dependent on what, you know, Rando McRandomson in Oregon (laughs) is saying, you know. Um, And so we always, you know, we, we, we say, we'll give our honest opinions on things again rise of skywalker wasn't very popular on our podcast um but i but, didn't i didn't leave that theater going i didn't leave that theater mad i mean it was i still right. I, it was like i saw a star wars yay you know um sorry to, sorry to interrupt you yeah. there but it was it's very similar you know last jedi has become everybody's you know favorite you know meme really and of course, I, I've told this story before. I, I was like three days post surgery. I had rotator cuff surgery, and I literally had painkillers injected into my neck as I'm watching this movie. I still I scheduled the surgery so that I could still go to Last Jedi on opening night. Anyway, oh, so gosh. I'm sitting there, and I remember having the thought: This is a, a clear as a bell thought. Going, am I enjoying this? <laughs> and yeah, I am. You know, so like I said, maybe it was, maybe it was the drugs, but then, so my best friend since preschool, he sends me a message. He's like, I'm taking the kids to last Jedi, but I'm seeing all this stuff. Like what, what am I, you know, what am I going to do here? And I said, Mike, I said, just check your expectations. Like Dave said, check your expectations at the door and just go in and you're going to enjoy a star Wars movie. But he got, it was too late. You know, they, they got him already. Um, so of the, let's just go through each of the, the sequel, uh, each of the trilogies. So the original trilogy, um, what is your, your go-to? What is your favorite of the three? Oh, I, I don't know. I've always, I, I love a new hope, but empire is just perfection. So, uh, I have to pick that one. Okay. We, we went, so we're, these are just gonna be quick fire. We're not going to judge anything. Uh, but empire is the easy answer because that's what everybody says. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But it's also yeah. true. Literally, the stock answer like couldn't be more boring. Um, but uh, okay, so prequel trilogy of the three, which is your go-to? I think Phantom Menace. Honestly, I I grew up watching that one, and it just it still still slaps, as the kids say these days. That one, they say that. 
Sorry. Apparently. Uh, they, do. they do. They do. Apparently they do. I'm now, old enough to say that the kids say these things. I don't know what they're saying. Of the three, that the, that one I think looks the most Star Wars. Um, it does. You know, two and three. I know George, what George, you know, George was pushing, pushing things and trying things out in two and three. Um, but uh, as I was watching TNT, like I said, it's the like Attack of the Clones looks like a video game for the majority of that movie. Um, yeah. Now it's still, you know, I still enjoy it, you know, um, but, and we also, we need to have a count sometimes of how many times Padme should have died in that movie, given <laughs> if we use earth physics. All right. So uh sequel trilogy, uh, which of the three? Ooh. Um, I will say last Jedi. I think, I think, I think it's just the most, ambitious the most you know awe-inspiring the most just visually stunning that's you know, what i, don't, I was just I gonna say like, that's I, the like, best he what ryan johnson did because so, i was in those on this weekend such it's a beautiful looking movie it it is and like you know look i don't love every single creative decision in that movie but for crying out loud the movie like you can you just listen to ryan johnson talk to know he understands Star Wars. He loves it, and he and he's just a brilliant filmmaker. And you know, even if you don't like everything that happens in the movie, it's still he thought about it, and it's brilliant. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk about your your podcast here. Um, yeah, how, how long has uh, the Star Wars Underworld been going on? You said about ten years now. About nine or ten years. I know we're we're approaching our eleventh anniversary. So you started for this when the you Star were Wars Underworld, and right? the podcast started about a year or so after we st- started on Facebook and the website. So yeah. around nine, ten, yeah. Yeah, I've seen you guys in person because it. So you guys started this when you were in middle school. Then I take it. Um, so, uh, what's the? Uh, I was. I was. Oh, you don't I have to give eight, away your. Age. I was eight. I was eighteen, nineteen. I guess. All right, so I was close. I'm, I'm 28 <laughs> now. So, uh, uh, so what what has been the the biggest, uh, the, the most incredible moment from, like the most mem- let's just say the most memorable moment of all of your episodes? Because I mean, there's but what's what's the one episode maybe that or moment in an episode that stands out for better or for worse? What's the one that's just <laughs> like, or maybe for better and for worse? Whichever, if you want to give us two. Yeah, I'm trying to think because to be honest, I record those shows and then I forget about it. It just it's in the past. So it takes me a while to like drudge up the memories. But uh there was a recent thing, and you you guys that listen to the show regularly, you know this. Um it's it's Dominic surprised us all and surprised me overall with the Ben Hart, the Star Wars guy intro thing. Yeah, that freaking blew me away. Um, if you don't, just go, go, go. I don't know if it's on somewhere. You can, you can find it. I need to post it online for people to actually listen to it. I, I, I replay it on a podcast every chance I get. But uh, that just blew me away. And you know, I, a podcast memory. I will say any of our like our live shows at Star Wars Celebration. You know, we we did uh, the podcast stage at uh, Star Wars Celebration in 2015. That was amazing. First time I'd ever done anything like that in my life. Being on stage doing something, doing this was astounding. Um, and then we've done it from our booth a couple times. And just, you know, and it's always – and getting to meet people, just that people and come up and say, hey, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, what? You do? You listen to the podcast? What are you talking about? Like, you know, there's people. And, and also one of my favorite things to happen at the booth is – 
people come up and you'll they don't they obviously are kind of advantageous they don't they're kind of you know they don't really want to come up they don't know who's there and then you're like hey and how's it going we'll shake their hand and you'll start talking and they're like their eyes widen and then like step back and go it's you you're the voice it's your voice i know you and i'm like yeah sure so it's 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 a lot of fun so how do you how do you guys collaborate on i guess i mean because there's a lot of there's a lot of noise out there you know i mean yeah we, it, it's like you know we we sometimes you know we call it news and we do take reputable news but then sometimes it's just people saying random crap on the internet that we say okay this is random crap on the internet let's just talk about it and see if we think it's viable or whatever um how do, how do you the three of you decide yeah we're talking about that no we're not going to talk about that um this is garbage that is garbage how do you sift through the noise and come up with your your i guess your show content it's it's funny. I think we're all when it comes to stuff like that, we're all three pretty much on the same page. Like kind of on a subconscious level, if you will. Um, because normally speaking, I put together the show notes. I just kind of decide what's in the show. And then Dominic comes along and he fixes the show notes and he throws away something he doesn't like, and then we do the show. And that's basically it. I think we all kind of like we're we're all we've been at this so long and we all come at you know, from we have different perspectives on Star Wars, but ultimately the same perspective, just kind of a positive, you know, realistic standard. We're not we're not going to Mike Zero and getting our news from him. All right, <laughs> we're not doing that. But uh, you know, just kind of you know, and we 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 like the the spoilers and the rumors like that. We always try to talk about that, but you know, doing it in an honest way and saying, hey guys, this is interesting, but also don't totally trust it because you know stuff is uh, not true on the internet sometimes. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I, I know, about, you know, I could jump in. Yeah, I please mean, do. The, talk about show notes. I should have put together show notes. <laughs> um, Some of the best you know, shows have no show notes, all right? So don't feel pressured. The decision to go into some news and to potentially, like, break news occasionally and yeah. uh, and have Dominic, you know, play that role and, and, and like, um, dig into things and research things and talk to people and try to track these things down for you guys. Um, you know, what went into that? Where, where along the line did you guys decide, like, we want to break some news, not just talk about it? Yeah, we, we've done that a bit. It, it's been a while because it, it, it is – scooping is involved it's a very involved process it can be scary sometimes you know especially when you're dealing with people that 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 don't want to so but i remember we actually broke the news we broke the chewy were home moment back in the day it was it, it the line came to us as Chewy were back home, and maybe that was the line at the, at the time before we even knew what force Awakens was going to be we knew there was going to be a scene where Chewie and Han get back on the Falcon. They say, Chewie, we're back home. And of course, the line changed, but that was exciting for us. Um, we haven't done a lot since then, but, you know, it is fun to, you know, break the news and do that and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I also, I like supporting, you know, others. We've got some some great people, you know, in the fandom right now that are, I think, are pretty good at, you know, predicting stuff and and getting some good news. Um, Kessel Run Transmissions are, are some guys that I, are friends of ours that uh, they've been getting a lot of good stuff right. You know, obviously scooping, you can't always get everything right, but they've they they nailed it on Bad Batch. They knew that was coming right before that. So we try to support them as much as we can and, uh, you know, talk about their stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's been fun. I always, I always wonder how those guys and, like, others 
how they get, and you don't have to answer this, maybe just a rhetorical exercise, but how, how they get their sources. It's like, do they just follow somebody into a bar and get them, you know, drunk and talking about Star Wars until they get some sort of, you know, rapport together. But it's like, because yeah, it's like these guys always have something. You know, it's... yeah, I I don't know their process because like, you know, I've known people in the past that like they they are like, you know, get to know people that like work on the set and they'll do like spy photos like that. That's a whole involved process. But like you have to be really careful because like if you have an open email address, people will just send you stuff and say, hey, I know what the I know what the plot of this next movie is going to be. And here's the script. And like. You can't report on that. You can't just say like, oh, yeah, this person sent us the script for this and here it is. Like, you know, that's a surefire way to ruin your credibility because that person's probably lying. But then you will go on YouTube and realize, yeah, there's a lot of people that do fall for this stuff because it's just everywhere and just people will just make up stuff at no time. But so having sources and also being able to trust those sources and not give them away, it's it's really it's it's a big time. Now, Dave, you work in journalism. Yeah, are you ever like in just kind of blown away by some of these guys and how they get their information? Is that or is it just like that's routine? It's kind of routine, but you know what's fun about it is like the debate that goes into covering it that way in the first place. Because, like for me personally, I don't like spoilers. Um, I, I like the fun of discovering things, you know, as, as you watch it for the very first time. And so like, for me, this is, you know, I I don't like diving into spoilery topics. And so for me, it's like, let's not cover that. Let's yeah. 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 It's, it's a, it is there. I'm not going to say the, the act of spoiler culture, what we're talking about here is not maybe a, not necessarily a victimless crime. <laughs> it does it does get messy when you're you just talk about this stuff and you're like you people I think genuinely people put this stuff out there go okay let, just share it with people that you want to see it but then it gets on certain sites it gets blown out of proportion and you have what happened with, with Ahsoka Tano and Mandalorian that should have been a big reveal but it wasn't because it leaked early. And like, I know some of the people that leaked that, like, I, you know, I, I wasn't interested. Like I would have read that because I like spoilers to a certain degree, but I understand people that didn't want to know that. And it, it screws it up. Um, I love spoilers just from the fact of like, I remember sitting in the theater for force awakens. And I remember reading, we got portions of the script or something. We read it out on the show. Like this was like public stuff. I remember reading that Ray and Finn are on Jakku and they run past the millennium Falcon. And they go to another ship and then it explodes and then they go back to the Falcon. And then I'm watching Force Awakens and they're running by and you can't see the Falcon. But, you know, they say, what about that ship? That ship's garbage. And I'm like, I just burst out laughing in the theater. I'm like, they're talking about the Falcon. I love it. <laughs> um, but, you know, that was like thing. And other times spoilers can can ruin things. because I, I was cringing through the whole Han and Kylo bridge scene because I knew it was coming. I knew it was going to die. You know, I, yeah. I, I kind of actually... Uh, on uh, on spoilers i i kind of walk a line because if it's if it's if we're far enough out from the movie being released and i'm listening to you guys or i'm listening to another podcast i'll listen to those because of a couple things one it's like um i'm old enough that i'm going to forget half of them by the time (laughs) the movie comes around um but the other part it's like you know unless i've seen 
you know, the director saying that this is what's going to be in the movie, then if it's somebody, you know, with all due respect, somebody reporting that this is coming, you know, it's not, it's not gospel until I see it on screen. So, you know, it's something kind of fun to play with. Um, You know, it's not gospel if it comes from the director. That's just the nature of the creative process. You know, they're constantly pathological liar jj abrams like come on (laughs) well there's that too but there's also the fact that they're editing until you know you know a couple of weeks before the release of the film so you know it's all changing and that's what can be fun about spoilers is the in the whole idea of like there is plausible deniability with almost all of it because like you can say okay this is going to happen but like i don't know exactly until i see in the theater like I love like reading about, okay, Luke Skywalker is going to be on an island at the end of The Force Awakens and then going to that island. I'm like, oh, this is it. Like, this is, you kind of got a teaser for it, but it wasn't like you got to see it because obviously it's on screen. And then sometimes spoilers come up and then you'll find out, hey, that was a deleted scene. It wasn't actually in the movie. Um, like, we heard, uh, what was it? The elevator scene in Last Jedi with uh, uh, Mad Max guy. I can't remember his name. Oh, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, yeah. That whole scene was just cut. We about it before the movie actually came out you know it's interesting this is making me think back to so way back when um phantom menace first came out i remember and i'm sure everybody uh remembers the old the force.net website which i think is oh yeah. yeah 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 it's and, still and there were and there were the big okay here's the latest spoiler here's the latest thing i want to say I, I read the full script for that movie <laughs> a couple of weeks before i went to see it and I mean, it's basically it. it was, that's it right there. All those spoilers have been right. And I almost kind of went, okay, next movie, I'm going to not consciously stay away from spoilers. I don't know that it was any better because it was Attack of the Clones. Uh, <laughs> but realistically, now, now looking back, I'm going like, eh, you know, I could see why within the last 20, 21 some odd years, the machine in Hollywood has gone, okay, we used to be able to hand everybody a full script and here you go and everybody's got a copy, pass it around and now it's a, no, you're getting today's sheet with as your three lines and that's all you're getting because, yeah. you know, spoilers and all this information kind of becomes, has become such a big deal. Well, they've definitely plugged some holes because like you, you look at, you know, just the spoilers around Force Awakens, pretty much that whole movie was out there prior to it. You know, and then we got to Last Jedi, and we knew nothing about that movie. Like yeah. Snoke dying, all that kind of stuff. That wasn't in anywhere leaked. Like that was nothing. I was all surprised. And then we got to Rise of Skywalker. There was a few spoilers. I think a lot of that movie was out there. So maybe just a problem with J.J. Abrams. Like as hard as he tries to keep secrets, he just keeps leaking out. So uh, okay, so you've got um, another podcast that you're a part of. The, is it the IPC podcast? Is that right? Yes, the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. Yes, it's a mouthful, but uh, it's been fun. It's, it's a show I do with my buddy Zach Arnold, and we had Jake Damon, our other buddy, on there for a little while. Um, and it's basically just an anything and everything podcast. We talk about you know we we just did Jurassic World cam cretaceous that show a few weeks ago and we just released that episode and then we're going to be talking about wandavision this week so uh you know just kind of anything and everything you know i have my star wars you know 
outlet covered with Star Wars Underworld. And we do talk about Star Wars at IPC, you know, occasionally, but, you know, it is fun to kind of, you know, go out. We've been doing that for six or seven years now, me and Zach. Like, it's it's been a ride. And you can find you can find that at, at uh, also on StarWarsUnderworld.com. We post every episode there. But, uh, yeah, so many topics, so much stuff, and it's been a blast. So last thing, last thing I'll just ask before we go in. Um, so how you guys, you guys talk a lot about obviously the movies and the TV shows and everything on star Wars underworld. Um, but, uh, where are you? Um, and sometimes though you do kind of get into the books, where are you in, um, you know, your, how, how you're liking star Wars books, let's say, especially since they moved everything to legends and yeah, kind yeah, of recanonized yeah. everything. I don't know what is, what is your where are you at on books. I never really got into Star Wars books that much prior to the canon wipeout, whatever you want to call it. Um, what do they call I, it? What I, do they call it in the High Republic? The 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 great the great disaster. The great disaster. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, so I, you know, I had read, I read Kenobi. I'd read some. I read maybe Air of the Empire, but like, you know, I wasn't too up on Star Wars books at that point. And you know, I got I kind of saw it as like a poor, uh, uh, opportunity to kind of get a fresh start, and you know, just kind of get into the books and, and getting into them on the ground floor. And I've enjoyed most of the books. There's some that I do not enjoy but uh there, there's a few that have been great some of them have won me over like the the uh the recent um uh, alphabet squadron trilogy i didn't really care for the first book but i like the second book a lot so the third book just came out today so i'm looking forward to getting into that one um and i've really enjoyed the high republic too so i think they've they've uh they've done a lot of good stuff you know it hasn't all been gold but they've really been trying and i think the you know just look at what's been going on with the continuity you have <laughs> you have uh timothy oliphant playing Cobb vanth you know after he showed up in the aftermath really like that was insane now uh, uh this... i remember when that happened like we lost it we were like <laughs> losing it and like then like boba fett shows up yeah. and ahsoka shows up and all these other huge a-listers and we're like going nuts over Cobb vanth you know it's... i love it i love it um, now you did, we, we, we like to, uh, brag about things, uh, you know, it, it's kind of, actually, it's kind of non, it doesn't really jive with new Orleans all that much to, to brag about things. We, we know things are good. We like, we like our city. <laughs> um, but we are going to brag here for a second. You do realize that there are three star Wars novelists, star Wars authors in new Orleans, in the new Orleans. Oh, era. really? See, I heard, I think it was. Was it Claudia Gray talking about like, oh yeah, her, her home in New Orleans? I'm like, I didn't know she lived in New Orleans. Yep. What? Cla Claudia Gray, Daniel Jose Older, and Brittany Williams. Wow. Yep. Oh, we had wow. we had Brittany Williams on the show. She talked about because uh, she wrote the um, in a certain point of view. She wrote the L three three seven short. And uh, oh wow, that's great. So yeah, so it's uh, yeah. So once we can have. Uh, conventions again or you know uh, hopefully they'll be signing things you know at uh, wizard world or something um, and see that, that's my bucket list it's like have a star wars celebration in new orleans like that's that's what i want so okay so okay this is this is my part of my star wars story um because i again grew up star wars loving it and everything and i remember um i went to 
um, a convention in Omaha oh. in about 2000. It was AlphaCon. And that was the first time that I found out about the 501st, which now I'm a member of the 501st. Um, but I remember this was outside of a hotel in downtown Omaha and all the 501st guys were in armor and they were heading downtown to a bar to go hang out in armor. And I was just like, I, I don't, I don't know why I'm sharing this. This just, it just, I, it was like, so new Orleans to see people walk, I can, I'm just guys that would kind of fit, but I would not recommend anybody wear their armor down in the French quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, in the summertime. oh yeah that's a bad idea that's oh my goodness yeah well i i wore my i've marched in a mardi gras parade in both my uh tk armor and in my snowtrooper armor i think i lost 10 pounds that day with the snowtrooper armor uh oh. well hey ben we're not going to keep you any longer you've been a joy to talk to this has been awesome and i hope we do it again sometime um, want to thank you uh, for coming on, and again to everybody listening, Star Wars Underworld podcast. It's it is, and I'm I'm not being Eddie Haskell here. It's one of the more enjoyable uh, podcasts that I listen to because it's thoughtful, it's fun, um, it's non-judgmental, it's you know, um, just it, it's just good listening. I mean, you take you take on big topics. I mean, you guys took on the Gina Carano stuff. Um, you know, yeah. um, you, you wear, it's, it's clear where your emotions and where your, your heads are at, but still you're very, you're just three good guys to listen to. So I always enjoy your episodes. So, um, like I said, that's not me sucking up. I just saying that you guys do a great job. Um, so no, that's, th thank you so much. Seriously, that, that means so much because I think we do try really hard to, just not just make it entertaining but make it mean something too and you know and despite some angry reviewers and angry comments we still stick to our guns and and speak our minds and be honest with you guys and you know and stand up for what's right and you know and don't talk, don't take crap from certain people but also just you know be as inclusive and uh as enjoyable as possible so i appreciate that beyond words so yeah, everybody listening, find Star Wars Underworld podcast anywhere you get a podcast. You can find them um, and visit them on StarWarsUnderworld.com, um, like all the things that Ben plugged. Um, yeah, hit them up. So, and uh, if you're looking for, if your friends are looking for another podcast, tell them about the Who Dat Jedi podcast. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook, you know, talk to us about Star Wars. Like I said, we like to be bothered during the day while we work. It's all good. Um, so uh but yeah, otherwise, everybody stay safe. And um, despite what your governors are saying, wear your mask, please. So I yes, can go yes. visit my family in Texas and Nebraska. That'd be wonderful. Thank you. Uh, but there's my political statement for the night. But until then, we'll all say who dat. Who dat? Who dat? We'll make Ben dat. say who dat. I don't know. It's a, you guys who have dat? a great week. See ya. My